Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the GRIP podcast. Uh, as you know, I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and the host of the show. And I'm super excited today. We have the team from Real Estate Experts with us. They are one of the top teams at Side Inc. And super, super high producers actually hit over a billion dollars in closed volume. Everybody's dream now is to be a billion dollar team. And you guys have hit that. So I want to congratulate you both and welcome you to the show. So everyone, welcome Brett Jennings, who is the owner slash team leader, and Beth Lazar, who joined him about two years ago, I want to say, to take over and run the ops side of the business. Welcome to the show, guys. Awesome. Brett, thanks for having us here. Yeah. Anything you guys want to add to that intro? Anything relevant to today's conversation? No, excited to be here and, you know, to talk about the growth journey, because I think that's one that uh, every successful team leader is on, is, is, is being growth-minded, and we've found that the principle of measuring our growth as we go is uh, helps us do that better and faster, and CSU's been instrumental in that. Yeah, so I think you guys have been on CSU for three, three and a half years now, something like that. When Beth came in, she took it to a much higher level as far as how you implemented and utilize CSU. So anyway, we can dive into that. But I'd like to start out, Brett, maybe talking about that road to a billion. Like, I think when I met you, you were doing, I want to say about 150 transactions a year, maybe 200. I and think it was, yeah, it was about, a, I, we met at a, uh, a family reunion event, I think, at Kelly yep. Williams family you know, maybe 2017 or 2018. And I think we were at about 150 million in production, maybe 120 sales at a team of probably six agents or so. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. And so how did you go from that in four years to over a billion? Like that's everyone's dream, right? How do I get to a billion dollars? Close yeah, by. Honestly, it sounds kind of weird, but I didn't really start out with the goal to hit a billion. What happened was a few things, a few milestones along the way. One was really getting clear on our purpose. In all honesty, you know, my first iteration of my real estate team, I think I probably had two or three iterations of the real estate team. Um, as anyone who's built a successful team realizes, you get to a certain point, then you know you got to tear it down and rebuild it. But the first real point where I think we really, in spirit, became a real team was when I got really focused on the why of why we were in the business. And I had a, a friend in one of my mastermind groups who had read the book E-Myth and he actually became a consultant and a coach for the E-Myth process. So he said, hey, come on out to Charlotte. You know, I've got about 10 other team leaders. We're going to get together and get in this room and, um, you know, talk about the E-Myth. And the interesting thing, I was going there to talk to learn all kinds of um, strategies on how to structure my business and business operations. But like the first half of the day was just really pounding on what? Like, why do you get up and do what you do? Now, mind you, I look back on this and I see 
there were some pretty big players, people who weren't big players at the time who were also in that room. Chris Lindahl was also in that room. And so I know uh, part of his trajectory of success was influenced by this process. So, you know, he's grown over 6,000 transactions and I, I don't know how many billions in sales he's, he's overseeing there, but really it was pounding on why do you get up and do what you do? And the focusing exercise, believe it or not, was this process where he told us, Hey, you know, here's what you got to do is take 30 minutes, grab your, your notebook and go sit in the corner of the hotel room, find a quiet place. And I want you to write out your eulogy. Like, imagine you die tomorrow and you're gone and you're floating around the back of a church, synagogue, whatever. Who's there and what are they saying about you? And I leaned into the process and, and really kind of, I, I remember getting emotional about it and wrote it all out. And the threads that, like, as I read what people were saying was live, love, learn, grow, help other people do the same um, to bring more love, joy, good into the world. And um and that really did resonate with what I wanted to do, because up until that point, I was building a real estate team so I could make money in real estate, take my profits, invest in cash flow rental property, eventually retire, and then do business and life coaching. And so, you know, I was kind of on, I was on that trajectory. So my that, so Brent, you just said retire. If you're doing business coaching, that's not <laughs> retiring. So I just want to make clear, like so many yeah. people have the goal to retire. Retiring means you sit on the couch and watch TV all day that or play golf every day. That's retiring. But what you say is allow yourself to move in and do what you really want to do, possibly. To right? move in, to move in and do what I really wanted to do. So the interesting thing was that was the first question. The second question was, what does your business look like if you brought all of who you are to everything you do? And so I was like, you know, I was thought about that. I'm like, well, then I, I would really be doing coaching. I would be a lot more coaching with my people now. The only problem was I didn't have agents that really were like growth minded that wanted to be coached at, you know, at a high level. Yeah. And uh, as fate would have it, I came home that weekend and I got a phone call on the flight back. One guy says, Hey, just let you know, I'm leaving the team. I get in the office Monday morning. Another guy walks into the office says, Hey, Brett, we got to talk. And he was leaving the team. And it was as if God, universe, whatever, just took my little sandcastle and was there to let me help you with uh, recreating this. So then, uh, interestingly enough, as chance would happen, within one week, I had an agent approach me, and we both gotten in the business about the same time, seven years earlier. And he said, you know, I've watched you every year, your business grows, and you get better and better at what you do. He's like, I'm coming off of a divorce, and I'm a single dad. I want to grow my business, and I want to get better at everything I do, and I think you can help me. And I was like, all right, it's on. So it was interesting. I just like, as soon as I got really clear on the purpose, I attracted that first person, serendipity would have it, you know, another person, very similar story shows up in my life two weeks later. And within literally 90 days, I had a complete, completely new team that was purpose-driven and all aligned. So that was the foundation that set when you and I met and we did some business planning after that. So I said the, the process of getting to a billion, that was the first foundation the second part of it really was getting clear on the vision for it. And honestly, I didn't have a goal to do a billion. The only reason it came about was we followed this process called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating yep. System. It's not a software. Uh, the only software we use to run our business is CSU, but it is Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's a framework on how to build, grow, and scale a company. And in that one-page business plan, we had to put a 10-year vision. And I'm like, and you, you actually have an EOS coach, right? My first operations person I hired was in, happened to have been an EOS coach. Okay. He came, 
he came in and helped us implement. Um, he helped EOS. you implement that. Okay, so most people I know that that uh, have EOS, it's because they have an EOS coach, which yeah. most people who do that pay about $10,000 a day to have that coach come in. And I just wanted to share that because that's what it costs to elevate your business, right? Like you have to invest to get what you want. Brett, you'll probably hit on this in a minute, but I think one of the hardest points for someone like you who's going through this evolution is, okay, hire, you talked about when someone gets to 15, hire your sales manager. When someone gets to the next level, hire your ops manager. Well, when you start thinking about hiring those people, that's probably another at least 200 grand a year you're spending. And that's a point where most team leaders, I think that's the biggest struggle they have is, how do I get out of this and work on my business instead of in my business, which you've successfully done? So this EOS, you guys got into this, and I wanted you to tell the story about how did you make the decision and make the move to hire those two people, one of which is Beth. Yeah, that's exactly what, what happened. We, we implemented the EOS model. We wrote out the one-page business plan, and on there, you have to put a 10-year target. And honestly, Brian, I was like, I don't know if I want to be in real estate in 10 years, but we got to put something down there. So, all right, we'll put a billion. We'll do a billion, right? And I think that was 2017. 2016, 20, 2017. And at that time, we were, again, a team doing about 150 million, 120 transactions. And we just kept focusing on the goal. And as I continued to grow the team, I think I grew the team to about 15 agents. And then I realized, man, like, I don't have enough time to do all these one-on-ones. Like, you know, because as a team leader, you got to help agents manage their productivity and hold them accountable. CISA is a great tool for assisting in that, but it still need the time to get one-on-one with people. And so we hired, that was the first key hire. And for anybody who is, you know, building and growing a team, when you get to that 15, about 15 agents, that's going to be your, your, your next key hire in the stage of growth, because you need someone to oversee those people. And you also need somebody to recruit to keep going. And so we did that and we got to about 30 and then I'm going, okay, wow. Like, at every doubling, Brian, what I'm finding is whatever system I've built, things break down. Whatever model I created doesn't work anymore. And I knew at that point I needed someone um, who was an operational wizard that could, you know, really take the vision of what we had put together and help us like go to that next level. Yeah. And so EOS in their series of books, they actually have a book called Rocket Fuel, and it's about this relationship between you know, a CEO or a visionary of a company, team leader, uh, and then what they call an integrator, the operations person. And so I had the good fortune of coming across Beth Lazar here, who I want to introduce and have her share her experience in, you know, how she's helped us go from that 150 million to that 1.2 billion we did four years later in 2021. But Beth came... Before you talk about Beth, I remember that exact same time Brett, when you actually called me and said, Brian, like we are growing and my biggest problem right now is I can't scale beyond 500 transactions. And the reason why it has nothing to do with my sales team. It has to do with my ops team. And so that's when Beth came along. Yeah, and that's what it was we were experiencing. You know, every doubling in production that we've done, whatever systems we had built would break. And I have still with me today our director of client care, who was my first original like assistant. And then she became my marketing coordinator and she became operations person. And she runs our client care department today. And as skilled and as passionate as she is about the job, she just, that wasn't her superpower. And yeah. so 
interestingly enough, you know, I, I want to introduce this principle that clarity is power, because just like I got clear on the purpose of my why that built the foundation of the real estate team in the beginning, when I got clear about who that I wanted to attract or bring into my world, you and I had that conversation. I remember reaching out, I even consulted with a recruiting firm, but I was crystal clear on this person and lo and behold, Beth shows up. Now, Beth comes to us with, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction, or I don't know if she wants to tell her own story. You go for it, Brett. <laughs> okay. But um, comes to us with 20 years experience in branding from P&G and very, very successful career in, in an executive and corporate, then left corporate America, kind of went on a sabbatical and was recruited by a high net worth, a petroleum magnet that had some vision about building a skincare line out of some kind of distillate from petroleum that people were telling he's crazy. And she said, and he said, no, I think you're the lady who's going to help me do it. Beth grew that company. They spun it off and sold it to Sephora. Then was recruited by a friend who was working in real estate, a luxury agent that said, hey, can you help me with my operations? But she said, well, I don't really want to help you until I understand the business. Let me get on the front line of sales and went out and sold $40 million of luxury real estate in a year, then came back behind the operations desk. So we're talking about a woman who has amazing experience in all these realms. And I feel super privileged to have the opportunity to work with her. But Beth, maybe you could share a little bit about kind of the challenges we were facing and how Sisu kind of helped us overcome those as we went from that 150 million to a billion. Beth, yeah. before, before you jump into that, there's one thing I want to just point out here. You come primarily from outside of the real estate space. And I think team leaders like Brett was probably thinking, I need someone from within the real estate space. However, my observation now working with thousands of real estate teams is that many of the strongest ops people come from other industries. So I just want to point that out. And that's your background as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and it is absolutely kind of sometimes I think the misperception that you have to find someone who does come from real estate. And as a matter of fact, kind of when I was, well, first of all, yes, as Brett said, I came from consumer products from Procter & Gamble. I was working in what was called brand management, which is kind of like general management in the grand scheme, although it has a marketing angle to it. And so, you know, I wasn't necessarily an operations person kind of by trade or nature, but realized along the way and kind of all these different crazy experiences I had that the things I really love are, are building and scaling organizations, developing people, and this idea of fixing things, problem solving. So I kind of, throughout my career, that was kind of a common thread and putting people in the right seat and watching them grow and develop. So that was what I was very passionate about. And kind of before I met Brett, that's what I was doing with several different teams working on that. And as you said, outside industry sometimes is actually incredibly valuable. And as I was placing people in seats, I realized it was easier to teach them real estate than to necessarily teach them some of the skills I needed in the different functional areas that I was recruiting for. So yeah, so that's something I've kind of carried through as I've moved through this industry as well. And I, I was very fortunate to actually have connected with Brett, as you know, Brian, I actually came in through SIDE, our, our, a brokerage, which I work with them in sort of their business management discipline, which is supporting their, their clients and partners. And Brett happened to be one of the top partners with SIDE at the time. And he had done this tremendous leap of growth, doubling every year. And they had contacted me and said, hey, we, you know, we'd love to see if you'd be interested in talking to Brett Jennings about helping him because 
he's at this point where he needs to figure out how to scale his operation and, and make sure the wheels get back on the bus so they can keep going and double the next year. So, and I was like, who is this Brett Jennings? And I looked him up because I was kind of at that point thinking, you know, I love tech and corporate America and I want to be focused primarily inside side, which I do love as well. But I looked up Brett and what he was doing with the business and what his vision was and what his brand was and being a brand person, I was unbelievably impressed with what was the real estate experts brand promise and mission and and also intrigued by who is this Brett Jennings that is worked for Deepak Chopra and also for Tony Robbins. I'm like, okay. And touts, you know, the importance of expertise in our industry, which I think is incredibly important. So, you know, I, I was like, okay, look, I'm going to take this call with Brett Jennings because I got to see what this is all about. So I met Brett and actually right away was very much bought into his mission and vision and where he was trying to go and also understood some of the challenges. But importantly, I was also familiar with EOS and that whole having that kind of strategic operational framework as a start was something that also attracted me because I knew, you know, we were going to be like-minded in terms of my role with him and how we work together, kind of go to this next level. So anyway, that, yeah, that's kind of when we connected you know, I, I was like, wow, this looks like an opportunity that I, I can't wait to like kind of dive into. And I knew it was going to be a challenge <laughs> from what he, had, what he had told me about what was going on. And basically the challenge, as he said, is we had doubled, you know, we had doubled the business. We were heading towards potentially a billion dollars. We basically had the same operations team that we had started with supporting now double, triple the agent count and not really having systems or processes or even you know, the right people in the right seat to make that happen. And his dream and vision while coming to life was also falling apart in places and seams and they were kind of duct taped together to pull it, you know, to pull it yeah. up. But so Brett, up until that point, you were the visionary, right? Mm -hmm. You were trying to play this integrator role as well at the same time. And what happened? Like, how did it click that you were willing to say, I'm willing to bring somebody in from the outside and take that risk to have an integrator by my side? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. It was literally just breakdown after breakdown. It's like banging your head against the wall and knowing that you know, that I knew I didn't have the skill sets. I just didn't have the, the nuanced knowledge on the operational side to, to put together like this machine. I, I had the vision and the pieces and like, like I knew, you know, if I could get really, I mean, if you think about it, the real estate business is relatively simple. Whether you're growing a team, you know, a, a team rage or a brokerage, you're scaling three things, right? You're scaling awesome support because that's the foundation. And we had awesome people then we're scaling leads, lead generation and marketing, and then we're scaling agents because it's obviously, and I, I think it should be in that order. A lot of times you get people to start with just lead generation, and then what happens is you, the wheels will come off the bus, which they did for us. So I, I recognize we, we needed to build that foundation, and it kept breaking again at every doubling. So I think it was about, we were at about $300 million when Beth came into the picture, and we were really struggling with systems you know we were tracking stuff 
we were using CTE, which was a predecessor, uh, not necessarily predecessor to CSU, but was that's what people were using. Before For you, CSU. it was a predecessor. Yeah, uh, on the let's just say tracking side of things, right? Yeah, on the sales, sales tracking side of the business. And then we were using like Google Sheets. And, and, and it's interesting you it's interesting you say that, Brett, because a lot of our people, especially then, we were primarily sales performance. A lot of our teams come over and look at us as a replacement to CTE. But now you're about to tell me you're using Google intake forms, right? Yeah. We're a replacement to that as well. I believe you were using Trello as well, right? We're a yeah. replacement to that as well. So these are all like predecessors to CSU, right? Yeah, that's the difference between a small team when you only got a few, you know, administrative staff that maybe ideally are all work, you know, on site in one office together. A lot of that communication can happen, but as soon as you start scaling a bigger team and our growth happened during the pandemic right all of a sudden people are no longer in the office everybody's working remote we needed a way to communicate and manage all these tasks and everybody i talked to said hey the bigger you grow like you got to pare down the number of systems not increase the number of systems of technology and all this stuff i had 176 logins right with usernames and passwords oh geez was just this, you know, octopus of of different systems, and and that's where when we would increase our production, things kept breaking. So Beth helped us really. I think it was about the same time when you guys were developing the task management functions within CSU, and she's like, "Hey, I think, well, Beth, you could tell the story. You know, that's where we were investigating. You know, what are we going to use? How are we going right. to how are we going to communicate? Yeah, and that is, that is the time when COVID hit. We had always had it on our radar to move in and really managed the transaction process end to end and we were at the front end right and we had commission management but we didn't yet have the task management and when COVID hit we're like okay it's time for us to really become an end-to-end -end platform so we we went all in on that very quickly and got that launched and Beth I'll let you take it from there as to how that played a role in what you came in and did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was absolutely critical. And and honestly, when I came in, I had some familiarity because I had used CSU with a small, like couple, like a small and a mid-sized team. And when I came into real estate experts, as you said, we had it, but I don't even think we were using, we weren't either using or even aware of kind of one-tenth of the capability of the platform and yeah. what we could really do with it. And I think our initial thinking was you know, the task management and maybe some of the accountability, but like those, our biggest challenges were all of the things, honestly, that CSU <laughs> helped us with in the end. I mean, it was visibility, it was scalability, repeatability, being able to track, being able to communicate, to, to hold documentation in like a single repository, to be able to deploy at scale things. And that was across everything, not, you know, not just our transactions or our agent recruiting, but even our staff. And we didn't have really, when I first came in, we had a couple departments, but we really were missing whole, we were missing people. And then we were missing structure in our organization. And then once we got kind of the right people in the right seat in the right functional area, then it became clear, now we need to know how to work across, right? And so CSU was really super critical for us to make that next leap of having departments and managing across departments and managing so many agents by providing that, you know, all of those aspects, that that transparency into it. And then 
getting everybody on the same page, moving in the same direction. And, and that's where task management was hypercritical. And then again, transparency, like I said, just being able to see all of us simultaneously real time into what was going on with the business across all kinds of aspects of it. Yeah, it was absolutely you know, the combination of, of the system along with those processes and the people that allowed us to kind of go next level, even to get to the billion, right, Brett? Because we really could have fallen apart at the, you know, the half billion mark. We were inches from probably. <laughs> Can you share what are some of those visibility items that became so critical for you guys to be able to, to go from here to here? Like you had visibility into your business. What does that mean? You know, some of the leading indicators, but even like our lagging indicators, we didn't have it all in one place. We had like one finance person, but yet nobody had access kind of to like, where were our sales this month versus last month versus, you know, where are we at on, or where are we with listings? Are we behind? Are we the same? Are we, you know, all of, so again, like I live and breathe inside snapshot inside Sisu where I can see those trend lines and see that and where everyone can be on the same page. Because part of my job is also to make sure that the organization is kind of moving together against those priorities and knowing and measuring how they're doing. And so each of those, you know, that dashboard, being able to look at a macro and a micro level at our teams and how they're doing is another piece of that visibility that we didn't have before necessarily. Do you find it, it helps you make decisions more rapidly? Seems to me when you have real data, and I know this for a fact from my own business and many right. of many of the people I work with, but having the data at your fingertips allows you to make a decision every day if that's what's going to improve your company versus I see so many people get caught in the rut of they get their numbers once a month maybe and the numbers they get, they're pretty broad in general. Right. But if it does allow them to make a decision, it allows them to make one decision, one key decision a month that's going to help impact their business, which in turn, if you look back at that over the 365 days a year, you were able to make 12 decisions. Not a very effective way to run a business, right? Yeah. So I would say definitely on the speed front, absolutely. But even probably even more important than the speed, they're informed decisions. We're making yes. much, I think we're moving more quickly. To, we're able to pivot, I would say, faster because of the visibility of the information that we didn't have at our fingertips before. And again, that it's cross-functionally shared. It's not something that only, you know, maybe our CFO can take a look at or only our, you know, head of listing management, our transaction coordination team. So all having that accessibility, having it, the timeliness, the, you know, real-time nature of it definitely has improved our decision-making process, both from the information in that comes into it and, you know, how we're able to move more quickly to shift if need be. So. Okay. So congrats on all of your success, Brett, congrats on finding Beth. Beth, congratulations on fulfilling the role that he desperately needed. And so here you guys are, where do you go from here? Like Brett, what, what has this allowed you to do with your time a little bit differently? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I've reapportioned my time and I get I get to do what I enjoy most, and that is mentoring, coaching, and growing agents. You know, I had to set a goal in 2021 to help five agents make their first million in GCI, and we had to help nine agents make their first million in GCI. And it was interesting because we had a few people approach to buy the company at that time. And I thought it would just was an interesting, I don't know what you want to call it, coincidence, synchronicity, 
that for every agent that I helped hit their first million in gross commission income, it added a million dollars to the value of the company. And so then that's what kind of got me inspired. I go, well, you know, at a certain point, like more income doesn't change the quality of your life, but the idea of more impact to me does. So I, mm -hmm. I kind of now set the goal. I said, well, great, let's, let's help a hundred agents hit their first million in GCI. And if we do that and we do it right, uh, we'll likely have a company that's worth a hundred million dollars. And so, so, so would you ever have had those thought processes if you were living in the world of operations? Probably not, right? Yeah, like you were in this flurry of just confusion and frustration. Yeah. I remember you calling me so frustrated. Beth comes in and now you're able to focus on the business instead of in the business and really yeah. like build value, right? I mean, that's where the multiples come in. Yep. Yeah, and not be down in the weeds. So it was interesting because I didn't necessarily, you know, start the business to sell, but I did want to be smart, right? Like if you are going to build a business, you should build something that's worth something. Yes. And the more systemized your business is, the more valuable it is, right? When it comes to becoming a saleable asset. So that's changed my time and how I spend my time. I'm still very committed to the business and growing the business. It's just what I, I really get to do more of what I enjoy most now. So that's kind of what's changed for me. Yeah. Right. Come without challenges, though. I mean, I think we would be yeah. we would be remiss if we didn't share like, yeah, you have to find the right who and make sure that you guys, it, you know, it has to be a relationship that works. Brett and I are kind of yin and yang. We share that same disc profile like I, I, we had talked about a little earlier. We're both, you know, what you call a D and an I. We're interactive. We're direct by nature. But we come with these different kind of superpowers. Like Brett identifies gaps very easily. And he's he's got a harmonizing side from, a again, the superpower thing. And I'm I'm kind of the problem solver and decisive on superpower front. So it works for us. But it, you do have to you know, have real clarity on what the priorities are and drive for alignment and be, you know, comfortable having those, those kind of real open, transparent conversations with each other and getting out, getting the visionary out. It takes the integrator has to have, you know, because we are kind of like, we're in, sometimes we're the, you know, we're the filter or we have to play devil's advocate and we have to push the visionary out to do those things we need them to do. And, you know, that, that takes, that takes time and trust. And again, like I said, a lot of transparency on where you're at with the business to feel comfortable stepping out, right, Brett? <laughs> yeah, just a few more minutes, you guys. I know that everyone listening right now probably thinks that you guys are in the flow state, right? Things are easy for you. <laughs> but I guarantee you, you have challenges that you face oh. every day. What are your biggest challenges today? Uh, that's That's a great question. And interestingly enough, we don't have a lead generation problem. We don't have a recruiting problem. We don't have really, I mean, in, in all honesty, as you grow the size of your business unit, when you have changes in the market as significant as we have here in California, we're seeing 50% fewer transactions in our market. So yeah. that's your biggest challenge is the macro situation yeah. of the real estate yeah. industry. Yeah, the macro situation of, of the real estate industry, because, you know, when productivity drops or production drops 50%, we have a big staff. You know, you go from profitable to unprofitable really quick. And so we're riding the ship in that area. And I'm confident for the changes we made, we're, we're on the right track and trajectory now. But that's been challenging. And then managing mindset, right, really through these challenging times. So the agents, right, are feeling a lot of pressure. And so really 
you know, we're doubling down on the coaching and training that we're doing. And for me, specifically the mindset piece, I taught meditation, I taught meditation for 20 years. And so now like next month, I'm hosting a public class and over six weeks and going to do a challenge because people to be able to keep and find their center, make decisions from like a really clear place uh, when, you know, all hell's breaking loose around you is really super important. And so I really think that that's instrumental You know, our goal is to go from a billion to 10 billion. It's a 10X is the goal. And I think we're going to accomplish that in the next few years. But my specific inspiration in that area is to really make real estate experts what I call a conscious company. And that is, you know, it's it's more than just being growth-minded. It's trusting and knowing that everything that's happening in your world, including everything that happens at work, is here for your own evolution and involvement. And that you don't take things personally and that, you know, every, anything that comes in and hits your stuff is an opportunity to let it go and grow and go to the next level. So we're taking that to heart and taking the company to the top. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. Beth, do you have anything you want to add to that? No, the only thing, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say is just recognize with each stage of that growth, like Brett said, that you are going to hit a ceiling, you know, along the way, and that you need to be really comfortable that you don't have to throw out your model completely, but you need to be ready to like, look at your people processes and your systems. And how do you take that next level and that leap that you might need to do? And then I'd probably say, you know, building flexibility into your organization as much as possible. So you can weather these kind of ups and downs that we go through so that it doesn't feel like, you know, every time there is a shift that everything, you know, has to be a problem again. It, it's just setting yourself up to weather whatever hits you, as Brett said. And that's part of our mindset too, right? Like having that mindset. So yeah. So just when you think you have it all figured out, that's when the challenges always face us, right? So never think you have it all figured out. Always be focused yeah. on how can we innovate? How can we change? How can we adapt? How can we grow because as soon as you think you have it figured out, it's it always is a is a tough challenge ahead. So yeah, and what uh, are we plugging? I'd say, and what are we plugging into Sisu next? That's the other thing for us. Like you guys are the center of our universe, and we couldn't run the business without Sisu and you know. So so I I'll answer that question. Have you have you guys fully adopted the client portal? And do you have all your mortgage and title companies working in there to collaborate around every transaction with the clients? That's on a roadmap. Yep. Perfect. So speaking of, road, speaking of roadmap, like Brian, I do want to offer one kind of gift for people who, you know, if, if tuned in and stayed this long to listen to this conversation, because yes, um, please. we actually took the time to kind of map out what our journey was. So I'm going to do a quick screen share. This is a roadmap to really what we have, how we oh, grew awesome. through all of these challenges in taking the company to a billion in sales. And what this does is it lays out kind of every stage of the journey. And in here, you'll see, it starts out with just being a basic team leader. You know, how many agents that you have, you got two to four agents with what it feels like when you go to each stage, when you go, once you got a couple agents, the next stage is uh, the marketer. That's what you really have to dial down your marketing and lead generation. Once you got lots of leads, you need an inside sales rep. And that would take you to about 10 agents. Once you hit that 15 agents, you're going to need a sales manager. And this is uh, the green part of the journey is where Beth and I connected and she's really helped us scale the rest of the way. But it's a powerful roadmap. I coach people to it in growing their team ridge or it's typically for like, this is the roadmap for a mega team. And then really what you need at each stage of the journey to go to the next level. So, so Brett, this, this is awesome. Thank you for sharing. If somebody wants to know more about this or about coaching or 
what you provide on that front. Where do people go? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, check out our coaching blog. It's called BeARealExpert.com. And there you'll see success stories and a lot of top agent panels and things that we're, where we train on many parts of this process as people go down the road. So I'm going to provide this, Brian. I'll send you guys a PDF. And when you post this uh, show, you can put the download uh, available for there. Awesome. We'll do that. And thank you for sharing. Just as we wrap up here, is there any last words of advice you guys would like to like to share? And I'll let I'll let you start, Beth, and then we'll wrap up with Brett. But just like if you just just giving people one piece of advice right now, this point in time in your life and their life and this macro economy, what would that advice be? I think having a vision, having a map, a roadmap to where you want to be is really the most important thing you can do because without that kind of end state or future in mind, it's very difficult, I think, to focus on the day-to-day and the things, the one or two things you need to be doing to really drive you to that. So, I mean, that we take the time every single quarter to relook at what is that vision for us. And I would say it's the guiding principle by which we kind of operate every day. So do take the time to vision and vision big. Don't be afraid to vision big. Look at Brett. Yep, exactly. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Brett. I guess I'd say, you know, wherever you are, there's always another level and the roadmaps are helpful to know where you want to go. But uh, I think really, you know, dialing in your why really get super clear because your why will pull you in the, in the early stages you got to push to get success once you get to the higher levels people start the journey with a lot of hustle and grind and that's a push but once you hit that first summit you need to know your why that will pull you through all the challenging times ahead and we're going through it now and we're grateful for it so. yeah and you'll be stronger for it so great advice and you guys, congratulations on all of your success. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Grit Podcast. We have some great shows coming up, just like this one. And we'll catch you guys all on next week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And Brett and Beth, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.